It is time once again for our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's on another hot weekend. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are you today? Well, I'm fine because I'm air-conditioned. <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> but how about you? Me too. Same thing. Air-conditioned, but it's going to be a beautiful hot day. And thinking of hot days, I was thinking of a couple of wines to have on a hot day. And also, I picked two French wines because we just had Bastille Day on Thursday, you know, which is the French Fourth of July. A terrific holiday if you're ever in France to enjoy. They really go all out. But I, to celebrate uh, Bastille Day, all the Haskell stores have put on a 20% off all French wines. Uh, whatever you want to pick, if it's French, you get 20% off. And what a tremendous deal that is. Then I thought, well, what about two wines for a hot day? Well, I always go to two. And what a tremendous deal that is. Then I thought, well, what about two wines for a hot day? Well, I always go to Tavelle. Tavelle is one of my favorite wines in the entire world. And Tavelle is a rosé. As a matter of fact, Tavelle is a little town in the Rhone Valley, and all they make there is rosé wine. And uh, it's very, very good. The grape types are uh, Grenache, Shinso, Syrah, and Mudouvre. And those are all relatively, the Syrah and Mudouvre are relatively new. They always really... Uh, made the uh, original Tavelle out of a blend of Chinso and Grenache. And this rosé wine, I always say, is the rosé wine for red wine drinkers because it has a lot of body. Uh, unlike a lot of rosés, it, it's got some guerre de trois, a touch of the soil in it, uh, that's really worth pursuing. And, you know, it's had... Uh, great followers all through the years. The Pope said Avignon loved Tavelle. The Sun King Louis XIV loved Tavelle. Philip the Bold loved Tavelle. And they all made comments. So Tavelle has a wonderful historical background to it. My own introduction was many, many years ago. My wife and I were in France on a wine trip, and we decided to take a couple of days off and go up into Provence along the Mediterranean. And uh, being in Provence, you know, we ordered the salad niçoise, which is a very typical French luncheon dinner, uh, brought to our cabana. And the waiter says, with that, you must have Tavelle. Well, I was kind of new in the wine business. I had never had Tavelle. I just heard about it. He brought it. I fell in love with the wine. It was really uh, an aha moment that a rosé could be this good. And of all places where they were recommending it, we were in Provence, and they didn't recommend a Provence Provence rosé, which are wonderful rosés, but they recommended this one from the Rhone Valley. Well, I was hooked, and that's my story with Tavelle. And while I joined the ranks of great lovers of Tavelle, such as uh, Balzac and, of course, Ernest Hemingway wrote glowingly of Tavelle, it really is an interesting, interesting wine. If you've got to have a rosé wine, in my opinion, by all means, make it a Tavelle. It has body and depth. It goes with all kinds of food, and uh, it's got a lot of character. Most rosés have uh, are meant to be easy drinking, quaffing wines. You know, not complicated, not 
to be evaluated real heavily or anything just to be enjoyed. And uh, Tavel is that indeed. It's across the Rhone River from the vineyards of Chateauneuf to Pop. And as I say, the only thing they can make there is Tavel. And in France, you know, you can't make a rosé by blending white and red wines as you can in many, many parts of the world. In France, that's illegal. The only place it's permitted in France is Champagne, where they create, that's how they create rosé champagne generally, is by blending them. But the Tavel you get is generally a little higher in alcohol than most wines by a percent or two. Uh, it has a minimum 11% alcohol and goes up as high as 13.5%. But it is a terrific wine. If it's a real hot day, it's one of those wines that can be served ice cold and still have some character. Uh, I suggest trying a Tabelle. My other favorite hot weather French wine is Sancerre. As many people have heard me say, Sancerre is a Sauvignon Blanc with a Ph.D., it really is, in my opinion, the ultimate expression of Sauvignon Blanc grape. It has nice, crisp acidity, good floral notes on the nose and fruit notes, and best of all, has some depth and character to it. Uh, originally, Sancerre was predominantly a red wine region, and then in the after the uh, phylloxa epidemic attacked, uh, all of Europe, Phylloxa was a root louse that attacked the vines and practically put them all right out of business. Uh, they discovered in Sancerre that Sauvignon Blanc grafted much more easily than the Pinot Noir they were famous for. And so uh, thus was born Sancerre Blanc, becoming very popular. They always made it. In fact, in Sancerre you can get uh, red, white, and rosé Sancerre. The rosé and red Sancerre, in my opinion, are novelty wines. They're fun to say you've tried them, etc., but they really uh, aren't the type of wines that you, you really want to hang your hat on and keep going back to. Uh, the rosé and the red are made from Pinot Noir. In fact, it's probably a holdover when Sancerre was part of the empire of the Dukes of Burgundy, who rivaled, of course, the French king for power in, throughout France and Europe. But anyway, uh, Sancerre is a lovely, lovely area. It's on the Loire Valley, or on the Loire River in the Loire Valley, but it's way in on the Loire Valley. It's 300 miles from Sancerre to where the Loire dumps out into Europe, as a matter, or into the Atlantic. As a matter of fact, uh, when you're drinking a Sancerre, you can absolutely almost hear that wonderful ripple of the Loire River going by. It's just, the Loire is known as the breadbasket of France, and it's a beautiful river. To drive up and down it is a wonderful, wonderful treat. They used to build their summer homes and summer castles of royalty up and down the Loire, so the castles there are just remarkable. There's one called Chenisseau, which is often regarded by architectural students as the most beautiful residence in the entire world. And I wouldn't disagree with that. Chenisseau, I've been there three or four times, 
And every time I discover something new, one of the most interesting things to me was they built a kitchen over the river. And uh, the river turns the spits in the kitchen and all that. I mean, this was built in the 1200s, 1300s, and is still considered a beautiful place. And that's just one of the many places along the Loire, castles you can visit. And then at night they have luminary shows. So I think you get the idea. Sancerre is from a very pretty area. However, because it's so far in on the Loire, it really has its roots more in Burgundy as it was a possession of the Dukes of Burgundy than it does with the rest of the Loire. After all, it's only about 50 miles to Chablis from Sancerre. And it's interesting to note that Champagne, Chablis, and Sancerre are all part of this chalk ridge that goes all the way to the White Cliffs of Dover in England. So they're right over that, and that undoubtedly is one of the reasons Sancerre gets its interesting flavor from that chalk chalk in the soil. The roots go down as far as that chalk, and they get a different type of characteristic. Unlike uh, many uh, uh, Sauvignon Blancs from around the world, Sancerre really has some complexity, etc., and uh, to show its love by the French people, where it really became popular, it became the French cafe wine at the turn of the last century because it was a, they were able to graft it, got Sauvignon Blanc on American rootstocks. It was the easiest one. Sancerre was kind of close to Paris, and so they would sell the Sancerre to all the cafes, and it became very popular. The wine probably wasn't as good as it is today, but it certainly was a popular wine because it was easy to drink and quite delicious. And when we look at Sancerre, you're really, as I say, seeing the greatest expression of Sauvignon Blanc. Because Sauvignon Blanc from around the world can be just very, very ordinary. But when you get to uh, Sancerre, the the area itself is upriver. Uh, on hills upriver. So the upriver part is usually better than the ones that are grown, the vines that are grown down in the flats, and they blend those pretty well. As a matter of fact, right across the river is another area that produces only Sauvignon Blanc, and it's called Puy Fumé. And Puy Fumé, you can tell immediately, uh, it's a very nice wine, a good expression of Sauvignon Blanc. But it's like Sauvignon Blancs from all the rest of the world. It doesn't have that depth that Sancerre has, which, in my opinion, it probably gets not only from the uh, chalk base in the soil, but the fact that Sancerre, uh, they pay a little more attention to the way they make it. The biggest danger they run into in Sancerre is frost, because it is a northern place, and they have to be careful of that. And... uh, it's the same as Chablis. That's always been their major problem is frost. But uh, today with warming in that, it's just terrific. So you have on the west bank of the river, uh, Sancerre. On the east bank, you have Puy Fumé. Both nice expressions of Sauvignon Blanc. But again, in my opinion, the winemaking in Sancerre is really spectacular because the demand became the uh, real engine and the promotion to promote Sancerre 
when it showed up at all the French restaurants because they could get it. It was fairly close to the city of Paris, and they were uh, at a loss for wines because of the phylloxera epidemic. And, you know, France is a big wine-drinking country. That's a much more tragic thing there than it would be here uh, to have a shortage of wine. So that Sancerre filled that gap, and in doing so, established itself as an extraordinarily popular wine. As a matter of fact, when they decided to rate wines, both Sancerre and Tavel in the 30s, when they instituted the Appellation Controlli, which means the controlled management of wine, which is sort of part of the French Department of Agriculture. In our country, it's part of uh, the tax and the uh, gun control. Uh, it's just odd to me that our wine industry isn't governed by the Department of Agriculture like the rest of the world, but that's a whole other story. But anyhow, both Tavel and Sancerre were recognized early on. And to me, that just shows you how important these two particular types of wine were. And that's why, on a very hot day, like today promises to be, a delightful wine to have uh, with a light food is Sancerre. It goes with so many things. Uh, it has The nose sometimes has the uh, gooseberry and peach smell, uh, that uh, really is a wonderful thing, and the full-bodied uh, aftertaste is just terrific. And like I said, when you're having something light, maybe like a seafood salad or something, Sancerre is just a, one of the most wonderful wines to have with it. And even if you're having a chicken salad, isn't bad either. Uh, the Sancerre is just a wine that you're not to miss. In my opinion, uh, it is the best very best of all the Sauvignon Blancs, no matter where they come from. Those minerality that you get from the chalk soil, the concern of the winemakers, and, and in Sancerre there's great belief you let the grape vine just do its thing. You don't interfere at all. Try staying out of the, the mix, and you end up with great wine. So you get two really interesting wines to have on a hot day. Sancerre and uh, Tavel. Tavel is a rosé, Sancerre is a white wine, and they're both, in my opinion, great wines to have when the thermometer is going to get 90 plus. And don't forget, they're both French, so at Haskell's till Sunday, 20% off all French wine, even the wines that are on sale. And by the way, we're right in the middle of our summer sale, so it is a time not to miss stopping at Haskell's and picking up these two wines. Absolutely, and a lot of good locations, too. Yes, there are over 10 locations at the Haskell store. There's one in Bloomington, Excelsior, down in Faribault, right off of 35. Our Maple Grove store is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's the Haskells at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in, go to Haskells.com. And uh, don't forget, we do deliver. And incidentally, there are two more boat cruises coming up that you'll be able to look into when you call a Haskell store, one in August and one in September. Excellent, Jack. Let's do this again next week. 
You know, Debbie, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.